Uh, mm-hmm. You don't have to do this, but this is what keeps popping up in the in the in the board. Would you sing the chorus of "Hold On"? <laughs> oh shit, he's gonna do it. Twist his arm. I don't wanna see you ever sound and everything I've got you can have. So will you take my hands? Feel how close I am Cause there ain't nothing I won't do for you Hold on Do you feel a little stronger? Hold on to me Hold on Everything's gonna be alright. Just hold on to me tonight. Hey there, Beverly Hills 90210 fans. It's now time to dive deep into an episode by episode, character by character, song by song account of the making of your favorite zip code. With your host, Charles Rosen. Did I say that? Jeez. I told this heinous thing about the, the, the real person. And we're going, what? We're getting rid of this guy. Pete Ferrero. And growing up, my like TV crush is Claire Arnold. So, I mean, she has to come on the show at this point. And Melanie Rose, along with many special guests. And your questions. So sit back and relax because it's like totally time for the Beverly Hills 90210 show. <laughs> We are uh, on the, we're after the big super show um, with Chuck, Larry, and Melanie Rose. Melanie, I want to start with you. Uh, A lot of people don't know, uh, but you were a producer behind the scenes of the show that dealt with getting all the technical glitches handled. And believe me, we had a few. (laughs) We did. We sure did. Uh, But thank you for all the hard work that you did on the show. We, We all really appreciate it. I just want to know who was the most inept. Um, <laughs> yeah, Thirty-three people. You could just say their initials. You don't have to embarrass anybody. I'm just curious, who was the most inept? You know, everybody. You know who the answer is, by the way. There we all know two, two of them, but it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, everybody did their best, you know, and and with such a big show and with so many people and, uh, you know, only allowing a certain number of people backstage, um, you know, there were just it it was more traffic issues with getting people into the room. Um, And then we did troubleshoot some tech things. Um, You know, I was on the phone with Tori Spelling and her manager trying to get her squared away. Um, trying to, you know, keep her calm. And and, um, at least she was able to pop in for a little bit. had a couple text conversations, um, talked to Dana Barron a couple times. Uh, Randy Spelling texted uh, when he was waiting backstage, uh, talked to Noli quickly, um, mm. and Denise. Denise and I were on the phone for a little bit as well. Uh, that so- would be, for me, that would be the winner of that, of the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the question, Chuck's question. Well, we gotta, yeah. bring Denise, we gotta bring Denise back. And yeah. then, but prior to any of them now, it, it seems to me clear, you need to have like you know like Larry like when a band comes to a new venue they sound do a, check. they do a sound check you got to right. check these guys you got to yeah. tell them to come on earlier than the stars uh, and you know have have uh, have them make sure they know what they're doing I guess that's you you hit the big time now Pete they got go. the next uh, time we do a super show yes yeah uh, Darren Darren said to me yeah well I'll see you in the forty. Yeah. I, I, I'll see you when we turn 40. I said, what do you mean? You mean I have to take care of myself? <laughs> 10 years? Is that what you're saying here? I don't know. Because I'm uh, okay. one and done, you know? It was interesting, though. Um, I, in defense of Tori Spelling, we did a test before yep. before we came on. So something went wonky with her Wi-Fi from the time we did the test to the time that uh, we came on air with the super show. Larry, what did you think? I mean, there were some big moments for the, from the yeah. special. Um, you know, for, for me, uh, thinking about it, uh, Jim Eckhouse's face when he saw Ann Gillespie was great. Really enjoyed seeing him like totally going, oh my God, his yeah. jaw dropping. Obviously, you know, the Jamie Walters, when he just picked his guitar up and played, was just thrilling uh, for me. I had ghost bumps there. 
saint. Seeing the holy, I, uh, you know, she was like, oh my gosh, she's this beautiful woman. <laughs> it was yeah. just amazing to see that. And I want to you know, obviously see more of her on October 14th. And just yeah. seeing all the kids together and the joy they had for each other and uh, and mm. with Darren and everything, yeah, it was just really uh, very successful. And it didn't feel stressful for us, you know, because Pete, you did a fantastic job, obviously, keeping everything mm -hmm. going, the questions and just, just the demeanor of it was really professional, I thought. And I don't know. It was very proud to be part of it. Everyone did great. Chuck and Chuck's family. Lindsay was popping. I thought she that was really great. You know, mm -hmm. I loved Lindsay. I thought she made Chuck look good there. She, yeah, she I totally uh, worked in. And of course, Billy Spelling saw her show, so it was like set up. It was like a beautiful setup. Well, I love saying. that they got to be together. You know, I mean, you're picking yeah. up all these times that I mean, everyone was 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 really fun to see or be part of or this. But once that you mentioned, you know, the Jamie Walters, it was. Uh, you know, I wanted to run him into a recording studio immediately. You know, he looked so great. I know. I know. And, and oh. again, like, and no leak. I mean, it looked a little bit, I don't know where she lives, but it's a really nice community. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, she looked like a duchess. She looked like a young duchess. She really did. She looked regal, and that was wonderful. And, uh, and also then, of course, yeah, Randy and, and Lindsay, as we talked about, I mean, having the kids there together. Uh, and the pre-records were great. The pre-records, the 30 year later things were mm -hmm. really fabulous. The fans love that. And then we got to see Brian. That's always good to see Brian. Oh yeah, he's so solid, so solid yeah. to see him there. He came with, yeah, with, that the, chicken, was a nice with the chicken coop. Thing. Yep, the chicken coop. I liked that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was an improv thing. He you know, I like that Brian kind of rolls with whatever time he thinks it's appropriate rather than <laughs> and it actually was great. You know, you welcome. know, if we would have had a four-hour special, we could have had every star be yeah. on their own, and that yeah. we would have had the same kind of kibitzing. But uh, my sister wrote me a uh, an email, uh, text after it was over, and what she admired most is how we all stayed in our seats for three and a half hours. <laughs> <laughs> I oh, did it. Before we came on to do the show, we all had plans. I'm going to drop off here. I'm going to drop off there, and then none of that happened, and we all just sat in our chairs and watched it. Yeah. Uh, you know, for yeah. me, it was like a super fan's dream. I'm still kind of in shock. I'm sure, Melly, what about for you talking to Tori Spelling? I know you were trying to help her. Was that fun for you being like, oh, hi, Tori? <laughs> you know? It was. You know, I felt so bad for her, and we were just trying so hard to get her on. And she was so sweet, you know, just trying to keep her calm. And that was really cool. Um, and, you know, overall, for me, my favorite moment of the Super Show was hands down the Jamie Walters song. The swoon just overcame me, and I was... I, that's my favorite. I mean, it was all great, but that that Jamie Walter song just was amazing. On, yeah, one of my favorites. Yeah, so um, good. Let me show you guys. I got a couple new shirts. Uh, I showed the one, obviously, on the air. This Brandon, Brenda, Dylan, Kelly, Steve, Andrea, Donna, and David with the class and the logo. I think that one's very cool. Mm -hmm. We were selling like hotcakes the other day, and then we got this one uh, celebrating 30 years. Uh, cast photo there with our with the with the October fourth, nineteen ninety forever, and then we made this one. I don't know what we're going to do with it, but I think it's going to all the money that we make from this particular shirt, we're going to send to charity. Um, and this is I want to happen to my life. I don't want my life to happen to me. Uh, a tribute Perry. to Luke Perry. Uh, so yeah, we definitely want to do that. I'm working on getting a little Luke Perry thing together too for all of the fans that are watching this right now. Uh, I got reached out to by uh, Rory Karp, who's a director from, he's done like all the 30 for 30s, a whole bunch of them. And uh, he's very close. He was very close to Luke and uh, he's going to try to put a little panel together. So I'll keep everyone posted it when that's going to happen. Um, anyway, I thought this was, a, this event was great and we were super excited. All the fans, I, I got to tell you, I was watching all the comments. I went back and watched the show. I don't know if you guys have had an opportunity. No. That you should do it on uh, one of the one of, like Facebook or YouTube or whatever because all the comments were great and it was amazing to see like when I was when we were doing it and like someone would pop in I was like oh my god it's it's uh, you know Anne Gillespie or whatever the fans were reacting the same way Melanie you were in the chat right what was that like yeah it was great I mean the chat was going off fans were so happy throughout the entire thing I mean the sentiments were all great I think people were overall just impressed that you were able to pull off such a substantial reunion um and you know it was great seeing it covered on tonight last night um picked it up in a clip at the end of the show so that was exciting and 
all the media coverage uh, has been great. So, I mean, hats off to you, Pete, you know, and, and you as well, Charles and Larry, you guys really, you pulled it off. It was amazing. Well, no, but props to Chuck. Yes, the structure of that was was sure. very important, and Chuck reiterated that to us multiple times and multiple yeah. zooms. Script <laughs> revisions, yep, and yeah. we, we and, ended uh, up nailing it. And also, Larry tracking down Noli Thornton. Wow. <laughs> Even she was impressed. She thought you were like a detective, Larry. <laughs> yeah, I know. I tied some things together. You know, I, I looked through some public records, and I, I realized that there, there was a name connected with her, Bunnin. So I kept trying him down, and I finally found a, a link between them. I have to put a little work into Wings Hauser this week. If any of Wings is out there for some reason watching this, yeah. call me. Please. Come on, um, land on the perch. Land. So we need, we need Wings to land. Just the one, I, you know, it would be so great to see Jonesy in this thing. It would be, yeah. be a hoot and a half. But I'm, actually, we also need the main a main player in that episode. Um, Tiffany. Her name is Tiffany Amber Thiessen, and, mm-hmm. and that'd be great. I mean, I, I hope she 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 gives us a, a, a call back or something. We've we got to do a little bit of a push this week for her. Absolutely. Go ahead, Chuck. Yeah. Tiffany Thiessen. That's Amber, right. No Amber. Amber. Gone away. She'll always, she'll always be tapped to me. She'll be tapped. Um, um, yeah, you know, I noticed one of the uh, something that comes to me. You know, you got Facebook, and if you one of your friends or no, you get notifications or things. And someone, uh, I went on one and, and there was like all speculating why Shannon wasn't on and why Tiffany wasn't on. Mm-hmm. Of course, they're two different people. But, uh, you know, Tiffany, uh, particularly for this one, it would really be great. You know, she meant a lot to uh, me in the one year I got to work with her. And I hope that uh, she'll, she will come on the show that you wanted to be on. Yeah. And, you know, we want Shannon, too, but there's a lot going on in Shannon's life right now. Oh, yeah. No, we all love Shannon. And we were hoping yeah. she'd come on. It was close, I think. We, you know, yeah. we were down to the day, she would have come. Very close, you know. But uh, listen, they did everything. We all try to do everything we can uh, for her. We love her here. And we're going to keep reiterating that. Um, also, uh, tracking down Jamie Walters was tough. But I have really to uh, shout what, what out. What got you there, Folly? What, yeah, what it did was it? the casting the casting oh, right. from uh, uh, I want to shout out the um, the person that yeah, Colin was the one who got me uh, Jamie Walters contact who they did the casting for BH uh, 90210 the, the uh, reboot show. Yeah. And he's a lifelong fan. So uh, that was really awesome. All right, guys. Well, so listen, we're here only briefly to talk about that stuff. And then we have two pre-recorded interviews that are going to play now. Uh, the first one is with, uh, Tom Fichter, right? The production designer. We had a lot of fun with him. If you are a fan of uh, like locations, Melanie Rose, obviously. By the way, Melanie, how did everything go with the hunts? Do we have a winner? Yeah, actually, we announced our winners live on Facebook, and they are um, Maya Rebecca was in third place, Beverly Thrills 90210 in second, and Tanya M86 was the winner. Um, And we're still picking our most unique submission, so I'm sending all three of you uh, the videos that I've selected as the best, so we can uh, pick someone to pop on the show for their creativity. Well, that's awesome. Oh, yes. the three of I, did, I did not win. Yes, yes, you you three, you three. Um, I've picked my favorites, and then I want you guys to narrow it down and, and pick the most creative. We had so many good submissions. Uh, it's so good. I love the one where I used in the intro where the dude goes to some store. and Is this in the competition when he hands yes, and he's yep, asking yep, about yep. the egg? Or, yep. yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's so a few good ones good. for the egg, so yeah. yes. Charles, were you going to say something? Yeah, I have a question. Larry said I did not win. Did you submit for this? Me? Was that yeah? Was that humor? You said I did no, not. No, no, no. I, I signed up for the hunt, Chuck. Wow. I did. Yep. I yeah. did. I, you know, yeah. I wanted to support it. I, I promised not to win, which early on, so I didn't want to intimidate people. But uh, I did uh, do a couple of the hunt things, and uh, you know, anything that was fairly easy, I did. So. Hey, uh, Chuck. Real quick before we jump into talking about with uh, Tom Victor about the. Um, about locations and the designs and the set designs. You sent me a picture I didn't get to put up uh, the other day. Um, uh, yeah, Darren, about, and Paul and Darren and Paul and you. Tell me a little bit about this photo. Well, I could have sent a bunch of different kinds of photos from that evening. That was a pretty special evening. That was our holiday Christmas party at Chazen's, the legendary Chazen's, a, a uh, uh, restaurant in West Hollywood that was a was a um, 
famous for its chili and, uh, and the stars that it served, like Harry Grant and, and uh, Jimmy Stewart and everyone of that generation. Uh, it was a place that I ate a lot as a kid um, because my parents also liked it for a while there. Uh, and that was where I was eating dinner, June 4th, 1968, uh, and was ready to drive down to the Ambassador Hotel afterwards mm. to cheer on Bobby Kennedy. Uh, so it, that always will, when I see the think of Chasen's, that has to come to me and, and certainly served as some of the basis for when we did um, the uh, show with uh, Brenda and the Diary in the 60s. Uh, it was the same era for me. Um, but that evening in, in at Chasen's was just great. Mr. Spelling was really happy, uh, given that the year before when our, our status... Uh, First, during the first year wasn't clear. We, they, we, I don't know, they, we ended up at some dive bar in Hollywood that was just so antithetical to the spelling ethos. This was much um, more uh, happy time. And it, you see Darren and Paul there. Uh, I think it's one of the few pictures of them together. Um, and uh, it was pretty special. You had that other picture of Paul. Yeah. You used to have that one too. That one is a little near and dear to my heart because that one is from the first season. Mm-hmm. We had a picnic out in uh, the hills of Malibu. That's Dan Addius to my right, who directed in the first year things like uh, The Gentle Art of Listening and went on to do things like The Next 50 Years and uh, et cetera, et cetera. And that's Paul. And yeah. uh, and that was a lot of fun that, that day because nobody, you know, the second one we were established television show and you see us with the ties and the formality. Nobody at that first picnic expected us to be having a celebratory picnic, knowing that we're going back to work in a, in a couple of days. Mm. Yeah. All right, guys. So we're going to jump in now to this interview with the production designer, Tom Victor. I'm going to tell you guys, you're going to absolutely love this. He talked a little bit about uh, making the sets for the beach club and the, the, the peach pit and the houses. He talked about the interiors and whatnot. And uh, he actually sent us some pictures. I'm going to try to pop those up. Uh, so in, enjoy that uh, interview. We're going to go to that uh, right now. And we will be back uh, on October 14th live uh, when we're going to talk about uh, the hazardous to your health. And we've got Noli coming back and David Hayward. And we're going to try to reach out and get everybody else too. So enjoy this. And thank you for watching the Super Show. And uh, we'll, we'll catch you next time. We are joined by Tom Fichter. Uh, the production designer for Beverly Hills 90210. Any, Chuck Wright, any interior set that we saw came from the mind of Tom. Is that, would, would you say that? Uh, well, it certainly didn't come from my mind since I hadn't been, uh, <laughs> I mean, you had to come in and um, look at the sets that were built prior to you being there. Yes. And design. And I know that we had a lot of retro work, right? We had to fix the sets of the Walsh house. Because yes. when the kitchen and things, we didn't have money to do breakaway sets. So there was no bre- breakaway <laughs> walls, I mean. So yes. when you looked at what we had there, we had no those sets. And we had, we weren't even, um, we didn't even have uh, soundproofing in the in the first. Were you, were you there before soundproofing? or? Uh, I was there before soundproofing, definitely. So it so, rained and it was hard to film. <laughs> so so metal roofs. So it proves you walked into a TV show that was unlike any other because of how um, ragtag we were. Is that is that fair assessment? Oh, that's that's definitely fair. Now I'd worked in a on a sitcom prior to this that was also in a warehouse, so that helped me understand the whole warehouse aspect, but. This was, I think, what we had just two warehouses um, and maybe four sets. Some of them were just shoehorned in there, and none of them, I mean, there was an old peach bit, which we remodeled uh, because you couldn't even get a camera around in it. And then the Walsh house had no wild walls, so you couldn't get the camera in easily, and the kitchen was, I think, was incomplete. So I think that was the first thing I did. I'm glad you reminded me. I forgot that I even remodeled the kitchen some there was a piece a header piece that was always in the way of camera the floor was a real floor of uh, satia tile and you couldn't dolly across it um so we 
I changed the, uh, the tile on the lower part, but there was a landing, upper landing. I left it there because the camera could still see the texture of that. But there were, you know, I don't know if you remember, but the curtains used to puddle in the living room and all they do is collect dust. And you never saw the puddle anyway, or except at a lawn shop, but you'd see the dust more. So we went through the set and kind of cleaned all that up and made it more user-friendly for the crew. Tom, I'm curious, how, how did you get into the world of Beverly Hills 90210? Had you had done uh, some stuff for spelling before, or uh, where did you? how did you get in? You know, um, I had done six years in professional theater at the Seattle Repertory Theater, got some contacts, came down to L.A. I got a job within two weeks on a sitcom, ALF. Um, I learned a lot about television there although it's quite different than, than a, episode, you know, a, a single camera show, especially back in 1990. Um, so it does, research is all, part of, is all part of what you do as a designer. And so I just researched Beverly Hills as much as I could. And the, I took what was already there as sets and use that as my springboard to add to whatever. And then, you know, I listen to Chuck talk about Beverly Hills High or um, those kinds of, I get input from from writers uh, and and all that just help come around to to understanding Beverly Hills a little bit. Um, and we, we also scouted and scouting in the area helped. And you have a kind of a vision in your head anyway when you hear Beverly Hills other than the Beverly Hillbillies, um, you have other ideas of what it looks like and what the people are like. And all that kind of gets thrown in and you just always have it in your head. You um, you see the Walsh house, right? The exterior of the Walsh house. And then you have to, well, I mean, it was already kind of created for you. How much do you, uh, like, do you ever visit the actual Walsh house and say, I want to kind of emulate this inside this house, or are you looking at sometimes looking at things completely like I want to start from scratch. This is what the Walsh house looks like in your vision. Oh, I mean, I would have loved to start it from scratch, but you can't do that already into episode eight. So, which I thought the house was nice. It actually was the location it was based upon was in Altadena and we used the exterior I didn't like the transition between the exterior and the interior, partly be because um, there just was no color differentiation. Everything sort of mushed into each other. Each of the rooms kind of mushed into each, each other. So I changed the color of the entryway, which meant I had to do something at the real location house. So we brought a wall in, I believe, with the right that color on it. And it didn't matter much because it was all kind of reversed by the prior designer. I think the steps were on the left and not the right, and it wasn't duplicated as accurately as I might have wanted to do. But by changing the color, bringing a wall, I could bring it around to working better. So chances are, did. chances are, she built the set inside before we even found the house. <laughs> you know, that's a possibility. Uh, I wasn't. You know, there were. Well, two designers prior to me, the one who did the pilot, um, Michelle yeah, Minch. I never met her. But what I, she was a very nice woman, came from propaganda. Yeah. Michelle Minch was her name. Who was yes. The, did the reading. Yeah. And I remember with those breakaway walls, I was so, A, naive and so flustered by the fact that we didn't have any money, Larry, that I just went, oh, okay, if you can't break the wall, but that means the director's going to have to put the camera here or here and everything will go faster. Because, you know, Duke Vincent, oh, who, yeah. uh, I got to speak to recently. It was really on the phone. We had a really nice phone call. Wow. And he, uh, uh, yeah, it was wonderful. And, but he, um, you know, like really get the fear of God into me if I went $1 over budget. So, uh, you know, I, I look for any compromises were good, uh, not, not impeding creative creativity. Uh, until actually we finished one episode and I went, what the fuck? Let's just go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, that's how you get it started. And Duke's a nice guy, but he he can be tough. I watched him being tough with other people. Um, but I always kind of got along with the guys. 
Um, well, he loved, you know, it's funny. Aaron loved actors. Duke loved production people. It was a, just ah. a complete opposite way of looking at the world. And neither of them liked writers, so, you know, there it was. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are always in the hot seat. But, you know, th those sets also had no backings outside of them. So you couldn't look out any window. It was, uh, you could do shadows of trees, but that, but so I actually had some backings painted to look kind of just out of focus. So if you looked out a front door, you'd see some real trees and then this out of focus distant background. Um, we did a lot of cheats. We were non-union so at, at that time. So you could, you could do a lot of crossover of people. The painter who was not a backing painter, he painted the backing and, we were constantly doing things that you couldn't do, what, three years later when we were unionized, I believe. Yeah. So, so you were a non-union employee yourself? Is that one of yes. the reasons that they were, they were um, interested in you? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I could have done a union. I actually got in the union right before I, I got the job on 90210, but I didn't sign into it. I had the, the option to at that point. Um, and I kept going, I don't know anybody in the union, but these other non-union jobs popped up. Uh, and now, I mean, it, within the next three or four years, it was totally reversed. There were no non-union jobs and everything right. was union. And that's the way it is now, unless maybe commercials, you might have an option to be non-union. But that's, that's how you find your crews these days. There's, you can't look anywhere else. And you guys kept adding, you know, knowing the other thing, you know, thinking about the what we also had there in the first season, which, of course, was the high school itself. You kept adding to that set, right? You made it better, soundproofing it. Explain to yes. Yeah. What you did. The high school, I think we changed a little bit of the color. We added some rooms. and we A room, I believe, which we could redress numerous ways by changing out end walls. Um, it. It originally, I think the prior designer had decided to put down some symbols on the floor and Mike Cudlitz had a discussion with her about that. It was, didn't look right, it wasn't right. And then I think maybe Paul jumped in on that. So when I came in, I was like, nah, no, we're not gonna do that. It was just, it was part of what would be on a plan but not on a real set. Um, so we did that, but because we only had the two stages, I think we got another, another warehouse and we moved the peach pit to where this high school was, I believe something like that. And the high school got expanded in another area. We got to grow and we got a whole new swing set space behind where the peach pit was moved to. And we changed the peach pit, as you know, from, from uh, the apple pan homey sort of look to a kind of a fifties, you know, I don't know. It was like the 50s met the late 80s look with the records yeah. and the sort of pattern and, and all that. And what's that? Jukeboxes. Yeah, yeah. jukeboxes. We played that all up. And do you, I don't know if you remember the, the show Fridays, which was a competition competitive to Saturday Night Live on a different yeah, network. I do. Sure. Yeah. Remember that? And mm -hmm. they, they did a great job of, of mimicking the set and Kind of making fun of it, but also of our characters where they, they, uh, Luke, Dylan, and uh, and then Jason, uh, Brandon, they had a head hair fight. Do you remember this? No, I have at to all? look it up. It's probably a oh, YouTube. it's hilarious. They they spike their hair so it's all pointed up, and and then they stab each other with their hair <laughs> <laughs> in this in the sets that mimicked our sets. Oh. And it was for me. I love looking at the sets, but it was very funny to watch this. I'm looking yeah. it up. Yeah, you should. I, I, have, I never knew about about the Fridays. I know that on Saturday Night Live, that they would have they Jason hosted, mm -hmm. Shannon hosted, and Luke hosted. Mm -hmm. And yes. the first sketch with with Brandon Jay was so funny. It was written by Al Franken, and everybody would do. All the fans were together. All the cast was together. And Brandon kept going and getting their keys so nobody could drive anywhere, you know, because <laughs> they were worried about it. And I asked Al, and Al Franken had never seen the show, he claimed, and just just mm -hmm. wrote it up. And and uh, I kind of believe, you know, believe it. And that was my, Karen and I got to go back to that one. And it was my only time going to be in the 
studio audience of, of Saturday Night Live and the oh, after party. So it was a lot of fun for that one. Yeah. That so would Fuck Fridays. We were about Saturday Night Live. <laughs> it was a much better show, but that I remember hearing it was going to be on, and I had to I had to see what they did. Yeah. But yeah, that's great. You got to get onto Saturday Night Live uh, to watch it. You know, yeah, it was great. It was a lot of fun, and that was a good time to be there. But I guess the big set, you know, we start out, and the one that was really exciting must have been exciting for you, of course, was the Beverly Hills Beach Club. That was the most fun. You know, I'd actually left the show to go do another movie because we all thought that the show was not going to get picked up for season two. I mean, that's what I, when I left, that's what I thought. And so I started on this movie and the movie folded. And the next day I got a call from Paul saying, would you be interested in coming back? And I thought, there's a job. Sure. And it was nice people. So I went back and that's when you guys told me about the beach club and I don't know if you remember this, but we went down and we toured it like a, on a tech scout, I believe. And we mm -hmm. went to the, we went over to get a, um, get lunch. I'm a very slow eater. And there were whatever, 25 of us there eating. And you, Chuck, and Paul came and got me before my, I think I ordered a salad, before my salad was brought to me. And you took me back out to the location, which was right next door on the beach. And you started asking me, you know, how do you feel about this? Are you, you comfortable? And, and you know, I never, I'm not nervous about scenery ever. This made me nervous because you guys seemed a little nervous. And um, so I was like, I don't know, now it's just scenery. And I've had a lot of meetings with studio heads now uh, since this time. And, and I'm never nervous talking to them because I'm talking about what I know. So, uh, and I'll leave and producers will go, wow, you did good. And I'll go, oh, thanks. It's just scenery. And you guys walked me out there and we got back to lunch. Everybody was half done with lunch. I sat down. I was done with lunch before anyone else. That's how nervous I got. I just <laughs> salad in. And everybody looked at me like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, eh, nothing. But uh, it was such a great place to get to build uh, that beach club and you know I had to just define it because the sand is just sand unless you put boardwalks in and and the volleyball courts and there's a fence on the left and then everything was one height so it was nice to add the second story on to to help give it some some more mass um, it was it was a lot of fun to do that and, and coming up with a logo for it and the uh, just, I don't know, just different patterns. And it was. Well, the logo is very similar to the Beverly Hills Hotel itself. We use the same font. The same color. Yeah. The same, yeah. Yeah. The other like, thing is, is that a lot of the color scheme, and Larry, I don't think you know this, you know, we, we, you know, we had no vacation. Uh, it was like, guess what? You're coming back to work. And so we really had two weeks off, wow. not even two weeks. So we took Avery at five weeks old. To Hawaii with us, right. and it was you know a trip there, and we were staying in a, and Darren Starr happened to be at the same place, and we did editing on Spring Dance, and it was it was terrific. But when we come back, and well, what are we going to do with the Beach Club? They had the most comfortable lounge chairs. They were very upscale. They were very cool. We took pictures. They met, they're from Florida. Paul, get them because at that point, I. You know, we had no time, so it's like I didn't care what it cost. You know, just just do what you need to do. So we actually used the Four Seasons in Maui in Wailea as the the uh, the basis of what the Beverly Hills Beach Club would be. Uh, by I the way, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. That's pretty incredible. Yeah. Did you know that se was the second season when you got picked up for that? Did you think it was going to go away, or did you were you in the battles to make sure it came back, or was there even a battle? I'm curious. Well, we all none of I don't think anyone who was involved with the show expected it to go more than twelve episodes, if we even got to twelve. Wow! In fact, I will. Uh, uh, we, we we had the live special uh, a couple of weeks ago, or days ago, whenever it was, and we. Uh, I, rem I reminded Darren that I had a um, post-it in the back of my, and post-its were brand new, by the way, 
and it was right <laughs> on the wall behind me. And all it said was, DFU, don't fuck up. Because <laughs> I figured the show had no future, but if I didn't fuck up, maybe someone would ever hire me again. I did not believe that, that if I did a really great job, that nobody would hire me again. But that was, and that's not quite true, but uh, but that was the, the feeling. So once we got to the uh, the back nine, as it were, the first 12, the back nine, we got the scripts and like, here's one script at a time, here's two scripts at a time. We didn't get a big fulsome order, but once the, um, once the, after the Gulf War and we started just shooting up and getting a million new viewers every week, um, we kind of knew something was happening. We did not know we would not get a, and I and I remember going to the network to tell them I've got a great idea uh, for the first episode back, how I spent my summer vacation. And I think mm -hmm. Sandy Grusow chuckled and said, uh, I know how you're going to spend your summer vacation. And that's when we learned we'd be doing summer episodes. Oh, yeah. It was summer And that episode. we were coming back and, and all of that was all one big hammer sledge, which is Fox specialized in big hammer sledges. <laughs> No, and then of course, it's probably the first show I know of that had double ups, and it would be 35 episodes. Wasn't 36 32, episodes? 32. One? There was 32, but I thought there was one that was 36. One, maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but yeah. that was a crazy time for me because oh. we doubled everybody. You know, we doubled everybody beneath me, except for my, except for Jill Hinkle, the the set decorator. So yeah, I would be in a band with one director. And then they would literally drop me off at like at a gas station to get in the van with the next director. And then I'd tell them what we picked in the current episode, you know, the well, one of the double up episodes, so that they know where that was for them. And then we go pick additional locations. It was nutty and fast paced. And I actually kind of, I really kind of liked it because I had extra people to do other things too. So I could, I could grow with it and there was more money. I was gonna say we were paid by the episode. That was the that was the beauty of it. <laughs> it was wonderful. It made a big difference in the in what we could do. Yeah, yeah. So you know, you knew it was gonna be over two or three episodes. You could spend a little more money. You know, so how, how to, much? We, you, well, go on, Larry. I'm sorry. I was, I was just gonna jump to because we've been to the the beach house uh, and a, a couple of times lately, and uh, thinking about all the challenges you had there because we we obviously didn't have the inside after a couple of days, and. Uh, then you had to recreate it. And sometimes people like walk out of the beach house onto a deck, which is obviously on a set, it's not in the, in the practical location. So that was a great challenge. And, you know, we, we've been able to appreciate, we've done a location scout. We also were at California University and saw this great interior, uh, watching the episodes, we see this great interior that you produced of this, uh, the cafeteria kind of room. And did that exist actually? I guess these were a couple of questions, but start with the beach house. Well, the, yeah, the beach house was not easy because we had real a couple of real limitations in our warehouse, and that uh, it's there was no height, so you couldn't go up. In most cases, when you have a you you know have a second story or something like that, you you would um, build up three or four feet so that if somebody looked over a railing, you could have a camera uh, below them looking up. We didn't have any of that, which also meant you can't hide the bottom of a backing. And so the backing really was just sky with a little bit of ocean at the bottom. Um, and so we had that and it wasn't even an, a backing that was photographed at the location because we couldn't really afford that. So I found a sky backing that would work with some beach. But if you look closely where we're sort of bent around the corner, there was like a tugboat in there. It was in the fog. So you almost never saw it, but it was there. Um, and, you know, we made up the space based on the uh, the footprint and what you saw of the location, which, by the way, I don't know if you know it, but that was originally a, an electric railway stop. That that house is where the electric Pacific Electric Railway stopped to pick up or drop off passengers. And then it became this house. And um, it was I thought that, you know, you find out all these things oh. when you're on these scouts. Yeah, well, it's, it's, at the, it's at the beginning of that walkway, so I could see how it's like a terminus. It, it was the first structure yeah. there after the, it's the first one in uh, Hermosa Beach, right? Yes. Yes, that's right. And right on the border of Hermosa and Manhattan Beach. It actually jogs there. They allow 
I guess, buildings to be closer in Hermosa Beach to the ocean than they were in Manhattan. So it's, anyway, that was, it was a very challenging set to do um, because we just didn't really have the space to do what you would normally do to cover for height and, and that sort of thing. That, I, that's the one thing I always missed was having more height on those stages, which then takes me to the college. Mm-hmm. I designed that college set twice. I designed it so it was half outdoors and half indoors. And then Paul looked at it and he's, he, you know, he'd have a cigarette and he'd kind of look at, look at it and then he'd kind of smile at me and, and then he'd go, this is really beautiful. We can't do this, Tom. And I'm like, why? And he goes, it's too much of what's outside. And then if, what if it rains or what if it's, you know, in real life at a location or what if it's cloudy and we can't, and it's like, all right, I get it. So this was stage four then that we got just to build this. And I had more height there. So the peak roof of that, of that uh, student union almost hit the beams. It's just inches from the beams in that, uh, in that, warehouse and then I pretty much took all the ideas I had from the prior outdoor version and put them indoors because we just needed places for people to come and go um, so there's a student union store and the cafeteria and there were, I don't even remember steps so it looked like it went up higher yeah, even though exactly. it didn't really well, um, I know that the Beverly Hills Beach Club had to be the most fun, but we've now watched a lot of these episodes and giving them second oh, looks no. and things. And I, my favorite set that you did was the student union. It, yeah, it's a, too. it is such a yeah. incredibly interesting set. It allowed these directors to stage action differently. It uh, it, it just was, uh, it, it, and it also showed the difference between, well, this is a show that now has some dollars to spend versus ones that were, you know, pushing it to the limit. Uh, yeah. Am I right about that? Yeah. Oh, you're right. In, in fact, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I'm jumping in on you there, Larry, but but um, I noticed after the first two seasons, it seemed like the money kind of maybe it went to other – I didn't know a whole lot, but maybe it went to more actors or something like that. I could feel like the budgets were going down. And then by season four – and five, it felt like they were throwing more money in. And I'm like, they think this show's got legs and this is, you know, really good for the show. But that's from my point of view that I felt that, but it may be that you guys were moving the, or managing the money in a way that I had no clue. Well, remember, <laughs> I, I think, I think it would be that we spent more money on actors. We had many more guest casts and met much more. So, uh, you know, somebody had to be deprived. Then we went eeny, meeny, miny, mo, and ah, Tom, uh, he can handle it. No, seriously, I have no idea about it. You're telling me something I didn't know. It seemed to come back, but I've been on other shows since that go that long, and it always seems to get taken out of the art department. Yeah. So hey, the Pitch Pit After Dark was another great set you did, uh, which was really oh, big yeah. and sumptuous, and that that was really useful too. You know, over the years, it really uh, worked out well. Well, thanks. It's, you know, it's windowless. Um, so you have to come up with a lot of different points of light. But, you know, this was, that was the beginning of everybody having personal computers. And so the interior of that was symbols from computer cable hookups. And um, After Dark, remember there was a screensaver company called After Dark, and they let us use their their uh, name and logo kind of with that. Huh. Um, and, um, and in fact, there was even social media. Social media back then was minimal, but we'd get comments that, oh, yeah, there's money coming from that company, and there wasn't. And um, oh, Product placement, yeah. Get product placement. Yeah, and then not? the whole border on the set was all uh, zeros and ones, as mm-hmm. though it was code. So if you look at that, it was <laughs> Zeros and ones. Did you know that, Chuck? You learn something new every day. <laughs> mind, mind blown. Yeah. Take, take a look at the border. It's all uh, binary numbers for code. So we were having <laughs> fun. That's interesting. Well, that was one of the things about season five. But we start. We talked about a little bit. We're going to be doing a deep dive on an episode uh, 
uh, sooner than later, we hope, called The Unreal World. And that was really one of the ones to show the impact of social media. Larry did that with the Rolling Stones episode. Girls, if you remember, the fire happened because of Tech Week. Larry is the one who brought us into the digital age. It's true. It was before WWW then, too. It was before the World Wide Web. It was just, you know, because Fox had their own, uh, what was called an ISP. It was called Delphi. So, you know, we were product placement. I was very, I never was ashamed of product placement. I always thought it was okay. (laughs) Were you okay with it? I was, you know. More, more, more resources. But um, Tom, you mentioned that you did some of the logos for uh, for some of the places. Did you do the California University one as well, or yes? Know, where do you yes. come up with that? I mean, that's like one of the ones that every like identifies that that school. Go Condors. Yeah, Go it's Condors. so good. <laughs> well, I'm just grateful that that you guys got a good name, California University. I don't even know if it's clear now. Uh, may not just because you own it, um, but it's, you know, I, I might've changed something afterwards when I, I chose the colors red and black because they're really strong. Um, they also were where my, my grad school was red and black, but when you put them out on vertical banners on each side of a walkway, it has a little bit of that German feel. Oh boy. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I probably shouldn't have done that. But but you know, most colleges have, there's a there's a font that sort of goes with school that you know there's uh, there's a look. And so you just look at a number of other schools and you glean from that and try to come up with something similar but unique. We were just at the college as as Occidental, Occidental as Larry mentioned, and yeah. their colors are also red and black. It could be that I, you know, I'm trying to remember now. That was some time ago. But sometimes when you know you're going to be around a place that has its own logos, you try to choose things that if you saw them in the distance, it would look like yours. Mm-hmm. So I've done that since for sure. So I probably yeah. did it then. I might have learned it on that show. Yeah, Chuck. <laughs> you know, you know what I want to ask you about. I, you know, it was about all the locations you're talking about. The location scouts. You're the production designer, there's a director, there's the AD, there's somebody from the camera department, right? Uh, there as well. On the tech scouts, but not on the... Oh, so who goes out in the original scout? You and the location, location manager right. and the director? The, director. the writer, too. The writer would go, Chuck. Often, but we didn't usually have... We had writers on certain occasions. Yeah, like... What about the water? Like you shot in the Rose Garden, for example, the fake Rose Garden in the end of episode four, which you would episode season four, which you would have done, Mr. Walsh the White House. Washington, the White House. That was over at the Natural History Museum, I believe, right? Because uh, they have a Rose Garden there. Um, you know, occasionally we'd bring somebody along. A writer would want to join in, or Paul might want to join in, but usually it was the director and the location manager and myself and an AD, and we we could at least narrow it down so that um, you guys could take a look at the photos and say, yeah, that works or doesn't work. And then ultimately we'd go out with the whole crew on a tech scout. But, right. you know, there'd be battles there. Sometimes with a, even with the location manager, we'd have a battle over. I remember wanting to use an architecture firm that I'd seen at the spelling offices and, and uh, Marvin at the time, the location manager, we're not going to go in the spelling offices. I said, no, it's in the same building. And we had this kind of heated discussion in the van about it. And I finally kind of gave up. And the director, I want to say it was Dan Adius, um, said, let's go look at it. And Marvin was like, uh, and he said, all right. And we went and looked at it. It was really perfect. Uh, it had very modern, really good look. They were willing to film. And so Marvin had to just clear it with the spelling group. And they were just, two floors up and and they said no problem so we got to you know what marv you know what marvin was worried about right marvin was the first two years he was worried about the unions and it was making too much uh shining too big of a light on the fact that spelling company was uh in effect producing a non-union television show was a no-no but um, so. yeah, the episode, Larry, was the pit and the pendulum, the one where the, is the peach pit going to be sold or not, you know, and torn down. 
Jim Walsh yeah, gets in second. We're going to do a deep dive on that too in, 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 in the next one. Because we've done all the other episodes. These are the ones we haven't done. It's, yeah. No, not all of them, but you know, yeah. uh, certainly ones that have some interesting points to them for sure. For sure. Um, How about Dylan's house? Uh, that's also an Alcatina, uh, the exterior. I um, love doing that set. It was, yeah. it was, uh, you know, that house, the location is in Pasadena. It had been moved once from several mm -hmm. miles away, which when you look at the stonework, it's, it's amazing they could move all that. But they did, and we got in there and we measured it. I, I've used those location photos since for other craftsman-style homes. But we measured the heck out of it, and we duplicated most of it on stage. And it, it shows. You could go in that house and walk around if we just redressed it with our dressing, and you wouldn't know you weren't on the set or at the location. You would get confused. So that one was in, like, the colors that we had a good painter who, was, who did the woodwork beautifully. It was it was a, a good house to do, and it's sort of fitting for Luke. I yeah, think. definitely. Dylan. So when you yeah. think of a location, which is the one that makes you cringe? Like, I can't believe we had to go there, and it was the most difficult one. I'm I'm wondering, was it, it had anything yeah. to do with that one that we um, we did the dreams of Dylan McKay, and we went to that abandoned tunnel and had to um, that shoot too. in there. You love that? <laughs> Yeah, tell us I about that one. Well, are you talking about the dream where he's in the tunnel and the train yeah. comes at him? Yeah. That was a blast. And I've told people since about that because they can't believe we got the film there, first of all. And because nobody can close that tunnel off anymore. Where was and it? Was this it was in Dead Griffith or? Park. Oh, Griffith Park. It's Griffith Park, and it's one of the tunnels that takes you to the um, the museum, not the museum, the, the observatory. observatory. Yeah. Yeah, and we built a platform in there with columns, and the railroad track was all wood, of course, because real railroad track, you can't pick up two, a two-foot length of it. It's too heavy. But um, they did a great lighting effect at the end, and it, I, I always liked those challenges. And it wasn't like – it wasn't a hotel room or a hospital room, which become kind of all the same look. This was a very unique – unique uh, location to do and unique set. So I, that was fun. Have you seen that lately, Chuck? We have to take a look at that one. I haven't seen that in so long. I mean, I I actually thought it was a different tunnel. So there you go. I have a stupid question for you, Tom, but you are the production designer, but you're an artist. And this, what's your favorite color? <laughs> you know, I don't, I actually don't have a favorite color. Uh, there's, I used to when I was, you know, younger, but I don't have, oh, I could say blue, no yellow. If you've ever seen uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, I would yeah, now yeah, be yeah, yeah, in a, <laughs> it's one of my, one of the scenes I think is the funniest because a guy can't remember his favorite color and he gets, because of that, the troll throws him into the river. Exactly. <laughs> I should ask you your, your, your actual <laughs> sign now, I guess. My what? What's your sign? I have a stupid one, Chuck. The in the high school when the first season, there's that like technology room, right? This is this is this is a you know this is where Dylan and Brandon have that conversation. We just watched this in uh, I forget what episode we were just watching, but the technology room suddenly goes away. Was the technology room important to have in the high school? And uh, what was it like putting that together? And uh, and then why did you eventually eliminate the technology room? We only had I'm so, so much glad space. you brought that up, Pete. Since Clinton spent four years never letting me forget that I had uh, made the, <laughs> the crew build a tech room that I think we used three times. Mm -hmm. um, truthfully, what happened? So that we didn't want to just have classrooms, the English class or that. It was, you know, get kind of, and we learned pretty early on in the first season that, you know, unless there was a specific reason, like somebody was upset and had to run out of the class, or in the case of the uh, AIDS episode, where, where it really mattered what was being said and done in the classroom, um, we wanted to get some different, you know, kind of thing. So the idea was that this would be such a cool Beverly Hills thing to have art mixed in with technology. And uh, 
and 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 the cutting edge. Well, I got to tell you, 1990, cutting edge was pretty dull. So all the things that I would want to do, uh, it wasn't so great, you know. Well, look at this. Oh, that's all you got here. No. So in my imagination of what art meets technology wouldn't be fulfilled to technology stepped up one or two rungs. So I believe what we did with that space, Pete, is that Tom repurposed it into other things. Yeah. That's what happens. We, and that's what happened with with that part. There's that one room I was telling you about in our, in our high school set. And we would redress it to become whatever and it became that briefly. And you could look out windows into a hallway We'd change the hallway too, so that it looked like a different, a different space in the in the school. Mm -hmm. So things happen. You know, at one point we were going to put in a. Um, I had designed into the college. Uh, um, what do you call those rooms? Now I'm going to blank on it. Lab? Multi, oh. no multi level, auditorium space, lecture oh, hall. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and we figured out how to make all of it wild, and it wasn't huge, and. I remember talking to Paul about it, and Paul's like, I, I don't think it's worth spending the money on, and and uh, we'll never use it. And, and I was like, ah, I was really bummed because I thought it looked good and said college, you know. Well, we didn't do it, and we didn't ultimately need it. And uh, the funny thing is, since that time, I've had two shows, one that I did where I actually built uh, a hall like that, a room like that. They used it once, <laughs> and, and it sat there the rest of the time. <laughs> and uh, yeah. and another one was a hospital show that I ended up taking over the, the stages and they only used it, I think, twice out of two seasons that they were on. So it turns out they don't get used very much. Hard to film. Did you? We did. But we did a lot of practical sets at the college, didn't we, as well? Didn't we? Oh, yes. I yes. mean, I mean, a big number. Like, for instance, uh, the practice room that uh, uh, uh Brian used uh, to play the piano with the, the teacher who was uh, uh, blind. blind. Yeah, um, that to me looks like it's right on the college. Now you could have built it. I mean, I know you, you, you know, it was one or the other. But so many of them, like where Lucinda Nicholson's classrooms and things, they yeah, just look really, really hall. authentic. Yes. Were we building hallways and things, or did we go? Making our day, we just shoot down there. I think it was double ups too, Chuck. That's why we had to be off the set because the other the other company was on the set. So I think we we gave, we gave ourselves more days on the campus those days. And and there wasn't tons of extra space. Right. So yeah, you kind of do what your schedule will let you do at a location that offers you all of that before you before you spend the money to build it, unless you know you're going to go there frequently. But you're right. During double up services, I mean, you know, we had the scheduling czar we had to figure out how all those actors went from one to another show i mean that was that was a lot of work to get those done and not many shows do that what about the radio station was that on campus or is that something that you guys built you built we built that and that was that was a lot of fun to do too because you research radio stations and college radio stations and then um try to make it look real as real as we could and back then of course it was vinyl with I think maybe some CDs. There were CDs happening, but it was mostly vinyl. CDs were like brand. I remember in the Isn't It Romantic episode, they said, well, let's go back into my house and listen to CDs. <laughs> it was actually in it because they made us change the life. I forget which one of our actors said, no, we wouldn't be listening to albums. We'd be listening no, listen to CDs. Cassettes, we just, cassettes were okay, fine, you know. <laughs> yeah, it all changed right then. I can remember the arguments. Oh, eight tracks. I, I never liked eight tracks. I don't know. I miss eight tracks. Freeway. It was bulky. It was big. <laughs> yeah, but you know, you put the thing in, and you put a button, and it played. You didn't have to put the thing in, hit the button, and then uh, read a magazine while the digital world is trying to figure out if we're going to connect it. You know. You know. Yeah. Eight tracks to go forward, you know. I'm gonna get to the next you know, song, I, and you. you know, my analog bias here. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's going me. off and on now. I think that's the ghost. Eight track is going. You're making fun of me. Ghost <laughs> eight track kind of. Yeah. You know what's in, with stuff we're doing? A recent statistic: more LPs, more vinyl is selling now than CDs. 
Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's all gone so, to streaming everywhere. You know, I mean, the, the monthly subscription services and that's just the way it is. You have all on-demand music. It's fab fabulous. It's truly is fantastic. So. What about things like the Keg House, right? That was a, that's a fun one. Wow. That was on, that was on campus, really. We shot that stuff on campus. It was on campus. That's right. It was one of the a home nearby. That's what it was. Oh. Um, Occidental College was really, really a, a great location to film. It wasn't easy to get. Then we got it. Um, I think the only other thing that ever filmed there up to that point was Clueless, the movie Clueless. Mm. And then since that time, they've been since nine hundred two and zero. They've been difficult to uh, allow filming. I think I got to. I was on one other series that got the film there. Um, but they're pretty, you know, they're pretty reserved about how they, who they uh, let film there. And we got really good access. Hmm. Uh, what was the, there was an episode about, um, gosh, what is it? It's the, the movement, I want to say Into the Night or. Take Back, no, the, take night. back the Night. Take yeah. Back the Night. Yeah. yeah we had. That one yet. Yeah. That one was pretty good. We filmed it there and we had a big banner, but there was some guy, some student who wouldn't quit playing his stereo too loud because he didn't want us filming. You know, you get that. Yeah. But uh, uh, we, we got that. Let's say there were 5,000 students, 3,000 students in uh, Occidental. We got that from 2,500 of the students. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> why it's so hard to get to Occidental? Students were very angry at the administration for making the deal not realizing that it was that deal that was keeping their tuitions down. Yeah. That's a, that's a separate conversation. And now they're proud to say that that's where it was filmed, I'm sure. I, I bet you're right. You know, that's what happened. But, you know, students like to rebel against whatever. And that was an easy target. So we were an easy target. It's, you Absolutely. know, brings them all together. <laughs> Um, we talked a little bit about the peach pit before and that went through uh multiple changes but i mean it's the, it's the, a key location for the show i mean so much happens at the, at the peach pit um what about the the exterior is here in pasadena i think right um, you made me think of it immediately when you started that yeah yeah it was um it was a it was a hamburger joint part of a chain originally and it didn't the interior sort of had a sort of a feel of ours that so if you look through the windows it might look similar but the windows were totally different the entrance was totally different so we built an entire facade on the front of this hamburger place on was it fair oaks or yep. royal grande something like that Fair Oaks. and uh, was it and um so it looked like the peach pit on the outside for a day i guess or maybe two and uh, we filmed all the stock shots then and some entrances and exits. And, and Larry, and, uh, because we were, they had to do this in Pasadena and rebuild the set and everything else, they did it while we were doing the summer episodes. So we'd come back to it. Yeah. Um, so, because we didn't play an episode in the Peach mm. Pit from the first one to the last one, where Brandon leaves the job and then Brandon comes back to the job. So that gave us, a month to do the kind of work that Tom's talking about. Yeah, yeah we pre-built it and then installed it in a day. So there's no peach bits in those episodes in between? There was no reason to. We didn't, it, Brandon didn't work there. He had said goodbye. Yeah. He, he had gone to work at the beach club. Um, and uh, he then, uh, and so so that gave us the space. And that's one of the reasons. No paycheck for Joe. One of the reasons, but something we took advantage of. <laughs> The truth Enjoy is, that. I didn't know you guys were going to change the peach pit until you did it. Oh, really? That was Paul's no. surprise to me. Yeah. I, didn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had no idea. You know, I just sort of did what I was asked to do, and uh, but I didn't. I did know that the the older peach, the peach pit that matched the apple pan, was just impossible to film in. It just was shoehorned into the back corner of stage one, and. So there was this problem that had to be resolved. Past that, I just, you know, took over what I had to do, you know. And this, so I'm sorry if you didn't know about that. <laughs> it was it was a good surprise. Yeah, it's, okay. it's, I mean, the authenticity on all these sets are, is incredible. The Peach Pit in particular. I mean, I feel like you feel like I'm in a diner. You know, you feel that you feel that authenticity when. Whenever they, whenever they're in there, so uh, 
kudos to you on that on that work. Uh, do you guys have any other spots or locations that you guys want to ask them about? I, I just want to say that uh, for me, the one set that I see that was right when you were starting that I think was really a, a, from the art standpoint captured the character so perfectly. And that's Kelly Taylor's bedroom. A red color, the the um, silk screens you had there. It just it just seemed perfect for her. And I guess that's that was you. So I well, thank and, you for that one. I think Jill Jill Henkel, our decorator, did a great job. You know, there's something interesting about that one set. I originally thought teal a teal color would be good, and um, so I we had the room painted teal, and I brought Jenny in. I just I just want to see how you look in here. Well, you know, Jenny had the the most beautiful alabaster skin, and her blonde hair looked great against that teal, but every vein in her face showed up because of that teal color. Mm. It was just like, oh, my, this is really not going to work. So that's how we ended up going to the, the – Oh, interesting. Mm. You know, yeah. the other thing is the uh, Western show, you did a great job capturing the Western Village and just putting that all together. You remember that show? Yeah, that was fun too. I always loved getting out and doing something that was uh, unusual for the show. That was one that was unusual. So, yeah, those. Well, you even some... created like you even created Paris, right? Uh, that was something. Yeah, that was great. Paris was a lot of fun. I mean, we shot some of that at Huntington, uh, wasn't it? Huntington Gardens and um, hmm? Huntington Library and uh, back lot at Universal a lot. And the back, right? We used the uh, European area there. Yes. And you know, since 90210 was over, I filmed back on that back lot on two movies and another television show. And the the tour that goes around, um, up until probably about five years ago, so out of 30 years, they would go, and Beverly Hills 90210 filmed here. You'd hear it every time. It was so funny to hear it. It's like, yeah, I, I know. <laughs> I was there, right? Here. Been there, done that. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so well, even the like, show goes uh, on. At, at some point, you guys created Mexico too, right? Uh, there, there was uh, in Malibu. Was that where Mexico was? Where was Mexico? We did it numerous places. Uh, one part of it was on the back lot at Universal, mm -hmm. and then we also filmed. Uh, it's called the Adamson Museum. Now it was the. Um, it's a park. It was the Malibu Tile Estate. And then there was like a shack nearby and we add, it was like falling apart. We added to it. And I think somehow I want to say Shannon, um, Shannon's character, um, was pulled off the side of the road there. Anyway, we had the side of the road. We had the, this house where it was Mexican. Uh, I think there was a little dance sequence or party yeah. there. Mm -hmm. And um, those were really good locations. They looked like kind of upscale, but old Mexico. So that was we did a yeah. lot of things. You reminded me of them. It's been, <laughs> I've had a lot of sets since this time. And then you bring these up and it's like, wow, yeah, we did that. We did this. It was really a good learning curve for me as well as a good job and nice people. And that makes a difference. I learned nice people makes a huge difference because I've been on shows since hmm. where it was all a family with, with you guys, Spelling and, and Chuck and Paul and Larry and, uh, and the rest, that was like a family. And then you move on and find out not every show is like a family. Yeah, well, that's the true. I had no, I didn't, I didn't do that much episodic because I was a TV movie writer and I just always thought they'd be so wonderful and uh, they never were. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting how you learn over time. Paul used to always say, be careful what you wish for because I go and get it in a big movie, you know? Yeah. And um, I got to go work on a big movie. It was okay, but it wasn't family, you know? So, all right. Well, I think this was great, guys. Uh, yep. what do you think, right? Yeah, very good. Yeah. 